See, the police mm -hmm. are always off track with this shit. If they watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. How's it going, everybody? It's your boy, Kevin. And we're here tonight to talk about none other than Wes Craven's Scream franchise. Uh, I've looked forward to this for a long, long time. I know Kevin has as well. Uh, we're, I'm, just, I'm nervous. Like, I'm actually nervous to do this podcast. So, Because um, everyone knows me. My name is Old Man Ghostface on Instagram. That's like my bread and butter so i'm like i gotta get this right but uh, <laughs> but i know kevin's been excited too so uh but before we get started why don't we talk a little bit about this franchise as a whole uh how it kind of revitalized horror and, and just your overall thoughts on the uh on the franchise um so yeah as a whole i know that a lot of people out there are sluts for this movie um specifically <laughs> you uh so <laughs> I know people go crazy over Scream, man. And, and growing up, it was never really in my lexicon. I didn't watch too many of the films. Um, a lot of the 90s things kind of flew under my radar. That's personally one of, I think, the lowest points in horror. Don't don't kill mm. me, because I know, I know uh, you love that shit. But... It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but however... We, 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 um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it later. It's okay. <laughs> yes, yes, we got this. <laughs> Rewatching a lot of these movies, man, I just had a really good time with it. Like, a really, really good fucking time. And, and a lot of these... Films were never really on my radar. Let me just say that. For a long time, everyone loved it, and I'm just kind of sitting over here just, you know, jerking off to Friday the 13th. But <laughs> I gave it a shot, man, and I came out on the other side. I totally understand what all the hype is about. I totally understand what everyone's wearing the uh, ghost face masks for. So we're here. We're queer for ghost face, and uh, get used to it. <laughs> All day long, brother. I'm telling you what. I mean, this. I remember going. You know, I remember hearing about this movie first of all when I was in high school, and I kept thinking, "This is so weird." You know, like they kept talking about how I was gonna, like, you know, kind of bring in horror into a movie and kind of talk about horror. So I was like, "This is the first time I've ever seen anything like this before." I know New Nightmare kind of did the same thing. You know, kind of like looking back at itself, but this is going to look at the entire genre, you know, in the rearview mirror almost, and kind of like you know doing a commentary on it as it went along. So I was like, "This is fucking perfect." I cannot wait to see what this you know what comes out of this. And I, it was just it was just more than I ever wanted. Like I just I I could have wanted more for a movie, for a franchise, for a director. It was just it, it blew me away. Honestly, it really. And still to this day, I mean, like I can watch these movies and it just still blows me away. Just how good it does what it does. And people want to say that I'm, you know, I, I don't like older movies and this and the other. No, this movie makes me appreciate those older films even more because it kind of not explains them, but it kind of like puts them in a the limelight and it goes, this, this is what it's all about, guys. You know, this movie is highlighting all the older stuff. So it just it just amazing stuff. So. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's another thing, too, is the whole meta situation. Um, for anybody that doesn't really know what being meta means in terms of uh, film, it's it just means you're self-aware. It means that the movie knows what it is. It it takes jabs within its own genre. It It's 
self-aware of the fact that horror films are a thing and it's kind of has a lot of tricks and turns and it's very well on the writing aspect so scream was definitely not the first film to do that but it was kind of the first to do it to the altitude in which it ended up thriving like it, it you just watch this movie and and it's very appreciative if honestly at one point i tried counting how many movie references it mentioned mm-hmm. and there's at least 50 you know just Dude, different it's... films terror train Ugh. and the fog and just obviously halloween there's like a whole halloween scene within this movie so it's just mm-hmm. smart the way it's done up and um i kind of i'm hard pressed to see someone not appreciate this film for what it is you have all those warriors out there that don't like to like what's popular you know i i know a lot Mm. of people out there that dislike things just because a lot of people like them and i'm neither here nor there if i don't like a movie i'm not going to trash it so you think that you know a lot of people would have the same respect for others and what they like but you know it's sad to see a lot of people hate on this franchise because of its popularity and it's, it's popular for a reason you know it was made by wes craven one of the best horror directors of all time you know so yep. it's just if you have nothing nice to say don't say it at all not that hard don't make fun of people you know don't take pictures of it on a toilet pictures of it uh <laughs> the film on the toilet like i've seen some people do uh you have who tell me i want to know no no i ain't giving out no names but <laughs> just just like it's popular you're not cool you know it doesn't make you cool so just i mean just a little heads up well, those people obviously aren't on, on my friends list because I haven't seen that before. But if I ever see that, you know I'm coming for you with a ghost face yeah. mask and a long knife. So, um, I will say this before we start too: Scream is not only a slasher film. People like to just categorize it's also a murder mystery. All four films are murder mysteries. Like you have to try to figure out who done it, and it's done in such a way that, like they were saying, I was watching the commentary. I watched commentaries for all these movies and took and took notes on these. At, especially in part four, after the screening they had, the early screening they had, they asked everyone that saw the movie, did you figure out who it was? Nobody in that screening could figure out who it was. I thought that was very Man. interesting, the fact that no one could figure that out. So, And I've actually talked to a bunch of people that said they have. I, I didn't. Despite that, I just I didn't figure it out. Now, I will say that I went to see Scream 2 in the theater, and I was standing outside the theater, ready to go in. It was the second showing of the night, second showing ever in, in my town. And sitting outside and they let out and two or three guys come walking out. The first words out of this fucker's mouth. It was oh. Billy's mom. Oh my God. What a bitch. Dude. I <laughs> oh, fucking fuck. lost my mind. I was so mad. Cause at first like, like it didn't, I didn't, it didn't click in to my mind what he was saying, mm-hmm. but as I'm sitting in the theater, as the movie starts, I go, Oh, no, I was, I was, dude, I was so mad. Of course, I didn't find out the second killer who the second killer was. So, which I was thank God about that because I would have really been pissed off any both of them. But still, I mean, to be still fair though, you're you're not aware of who his mother is until it's announced. You know, true. Like, that is true. I think true. she goes under the name of like Debbie Salt or something like Debbie that. Salt. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. so so you quite aren't aware of who that character is of Billy's mom. True, true, true. Still, that's but, but, a bitch but, move though. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, okay, I'll hold my hold my thoughts on Scream Two until they get there. But yeah, it was a very big bitch move. And I was if I ever find that person, which I'll probably never will. But dude, it's it's on and so on. Um, but yeah, it's it, a lot of things I want to touch on as we do these movies. A lot of notes I took, and there's a lot of things I noticed. And but this movie, all these movies are so loaded with just facts uh, of just from other films. And 
references and like you said there's just all the movies that reference it's just so amazing how they work on the, and like like even tributes to other films I'll, I'll get to those later too but this franchise is so loaded with just so much stuff it's just i can't wait to get into each one of these films so um i think it's just about time we get into all this stuff so uh as we know we say every podcast these films are all about you know the kills this is our slasher series it's our last film in the slasher series i'm so sad but yet so i'm so sad. excited i know but we like i said kevin and i look forward to all these movies for so long and we've done all of them justice i think so and of course leaving this last one to to just relish because it kind of looks back on all these films we talked about before so it's it was kind of fitting that we waited till the very last episode to do scream so um you know that's just my opinion on that. But, um, <laughs> so I'm anxious to see how many kills these films, because honestly, I don't really pay attention to the kill count. I just pay attention to the actual kills. So why don't we get into the kill count and let's just see how many, uh, how many kills Mr. Ghostface racks up. Let's do it. Kill count. So when you think of Scream, um, you know, typically you don't think of flashy kills. Um, again, that's not a hit or diss or anything, but, you know, you, you do get a lot of just simple gut stabs and this and that. As the film, as the franchise, I should say, progresses, you do see a lot more. Um, you are shown a lot in one of the films, which we will be talking about later on. Um, so, yeah, let's get down to some of the numbers. So I've got this on a ranking system. Uh, there's four films in this franchise, so... The film that's in fourth place is going to have the least amount of kills, followed by the film in first place that's going to have the most amount of kills. So, in this case, the film with the least amount in fourth place is Scream, the original from 1996. Now, of course, following Randy's guideline, first film is always going to have the least amount of kills, right? And he says the second film is going to add more kills and impact more gore and blood and all that shit. So, we got the original, which I'm sure anybody that's seen this series, that's not really a surprise. Um, This one has seven kills, which... It's still a very Not good bad. amount, definitely, for a first yeah. film. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, then in third place is Scream 2 from 1997. Again, following the guidelines, we've got 10 kills. And in second place, tied with 10 kills again, is Scream 3. This was released three yeah. years after the second film and four years after the first. And then, of course, again, probably no surprise, is Scream 4. Has the most kills in the franchise, uh, released in 2011. 11 years after the previous entry. This one has 15 kills. And let me just kind Damn. of talk about the kills in this one for a second. I'm not going to try and tip my hat or anything towards my later on rankings, but right. anybody who's seen every single film in this franchise, Scream 4, it's not even like a contest on kind of the sickness and the intensity and the tenacity of the ghost face in the fourth film. Uh, and the kills are just outrageous in compared to the other ones in the franchise. So again... Um, not going to tip my hat onto which film I have ranked where. Obviously, this is another thing we mention every week. I don't know Wes's ranking, although I can probably guess he would rank all four at number one, if he could. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> know mine. Guilty. Yeah, we make sure we don't discuss each other's rankings to one another. That way our reactions are genuine. And uh, you guys hear our genuine reactions. You know, think think of it as if you, if you have a little chili. You know, it's, it's, a little, mm-hmm. it's a little plain, but then you add some... Have, uh, jalapeno and habanero you know you got to give a little bite you get a little spiciness in the chili that's what we're doing today we're gonna be ranking it's gonna be a good fucking time just sit back enjoy um hit us up on the it's a horror podcast on pretty much any fucking social media tell us if you agree disagree with our ratings and um yeah we're gonna have some fucking fun today 
Yeah, dude. I'm just excited to get into this. Um, <sighs> all right, people. Um, I hate to even say this. I hate to even bring this up in this podcast, but it's just, it's a staple of the show. So we have to do it. I, I can't, oh God, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> in, in every franchise, there's a, there's a kind of shitty pick. Um, I, you know, fuck it. Let's just get into it. <laughs> hey kids, it's time for our shit pick of the week. All right. So we got to do one, right? We do it every week. We got to have a shit pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, here's a first in this entire mm. slasher uh, oh, Lord. entry. Oh, Lord. Dude, please don't say what I think you're going to say. I don't have a shit pick. Oh, dude, you know what's funny? Is that I don't either. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you know, you know okay, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, say what you're going to say, and I'm going I'm to tell you something. So, yeah, I was. I just kind of came into this after watching all these films. None of these deserve being anywhere close to a shit pick. This is the first time in any franchise that I've watched, and it could be because there's only four films that they can keep all the quality there. I just don't feel comfortable saying any of these are shit picks because, in all honesty, there is three spots. The last three spots were up in the air for me completely until I finally mm. nailed it down in my ranking, which one's which, and just... Yeah, I was like, fuck it. I'm not putting a shit pick in this week. I, I, yeah. I just can't. Well, it's funny because I thought, you know, I, I can't do it either. I, I just, I'm not going to do it. I just, I'm not going to fucking do it. And I, I'll let Kevin sh- pick one if he wants to, but I'm just not going to do it. And here's what the funny part is, is that I actually made a transition for, for number four. Did you good? <laughs> I did, dude. So I am so excited for you guys to hear this transition because I honestly think it's the best one I've ever done. And not to toot my own horn, but fucking toot toot. Um <laughs> I, just, I can't wait for Kevin to hear it, so hey, here it is, guys. There's the transition for the last movie in our Slasher series. Here we go. Hello? What's your favorite scary movie? What do you want? To see what your insides look like. Hello, Sydney. Hi. Who is this? If you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother. Number four. Fuck you, you creep. There are certain rules. That one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Surprise, Sydney. Now you gotta die. Those are the rules. Not in my movie. Gather in the storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. Masterful work, my friend, like always. Dude, uh, this one, it was so hard to do, but man, it just fell together so perfectly. So yeah, I was excited about this one. So yes, hats off, hats off to you. Now I'm glad you. you made that because I really thought I was putting you in a, between a rock and a hard place by not picking a shit pick because I totally figured you wouldn't have a fourth ready, but yeah, hey, we're already on the same page here. Hell yeah, dude. Yep. There you go. Well, all right. So what's number four on your list, dude? I gotta know. So this was tough. I mean, obviously uh-huh. I mentioned of these were switching up in my mind but i had to pick one and i'm picking scream three. <laughs> oh, dude i think we're gonna line up exactly on this that's oh, my shit. <laughs> okay well now the reason i have this at four is because the first half of this film um if this was based on the last half of the, uh, let me just put it this way first half i, I kind of felt was a little stagnant it felt like it was trying too hard to kind of replicate which the original did 
but the second mm. half just made up for that. I, I love the set pieces in um, Los Angeles on the movie lots. I think that's very creative. It's a lot of fun to watch mm. people get hacked up and slashed on, on those sets, you know? And yeah. I just thought that was done really well. But the first half, man, and you're just trying to follow kind of Maureen Prescott's thing, you know, Sydney Prescott's mother. And to me, yeah. that is kind of, it, it's kind of cool, but that's not really what we want to see. And again, every single film in the franchise is going to follow Randy's algorithm where the third film brings he, what did he say? He says it brings in like something just goes back to the beginning. Says what's that's right, what the third right, film right, always right. does. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of kind of dead air in this one. Um, but I mean, a lot of the kills are amazing. Uh, of course, all the cast is back and then some, it's just, Oh man, I I don't really have anything bad to say about this one because honestly, I really really like this movie. I mean, all of these films I I have ranked it like at least a seven and a half out of ten, and this one just so happens to just kind of, eh, just have it has to be put somewhere, and I'm gonna have to put it in fourth place. Yeah, and I can't I can't argue that either. I mean, like I said, it's it, it is a great film in the way that it it takes the entire franchise and turns it on its head. Uh, rightfully so, because like as Randy says, trilogies are a whole different ballgame than, you know, than a sequel or just having two movies in a franchise. So, you know, just the fact that, you know, the, the original cast comes back and it, it has that same type of feel, but you're right. The whole thing that following Maureen Prescott just kind of, and it was brought to my attention that she really is the one of the main focal points of this entire franchise, but yet she is never really in it. Like you see her in videos or they talk about her a lot. And, you know, she's kind of talked about in the third one a little bit, like she actually show like a ghost of her, but you know, you would think that they would show flashbacks with her actually like an actor portraying her in it. And they never do. They never really get it from her mouth. They always get it from someone else. It's always hearsay about Maureen Prescott. Um, But of course the the whole movie, your whole franchise is about Sydney Prescott. So I guess that is the reason why they did it, but you would think she would actually be in the movie more just, because of that reason. So, um, but yeah, this, this movie definitely, I mean, I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it, but just not as much as the other ones because of that exact point. Um, you know, there's only one killer in this movie. And of course we're going to give spoilers. So if you haven't seen these movies, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go out and watch them one to four, do it like five, six, seven, 8,000 times, like right fucking now. Um, but this, this movie breaks the mold of having two killers. It's the only film with not having two killers in it. Um, so, you know, in which I like, but at the same point, I kind of miss the two killer aspect because it kind of takes the, some of the mystery out of it for me. It was easier to figure out who it was toward the end. Um, but everything else is masterful work. I mean, Wes just fucking nails this movie to the wall, like all the rest of them I and mean, not everything else he does. He's just amazing at it. So, um, yeah, I just really not much else I can say about it to, yeah, there's not much I can say bad about it, but everything good about it is the fact of the casting is spot on because it kind of takes shots at some actors, you know, of course it brings Carrie Fisher in for a moment and she actually said, yeah, I'll make fun of myself a little bit, which I think was fucking I brilliant. I love that. That was funny. I know it was so good. Uh, Jenny McCarthy is there to kind of lend the whole, you know, I'm a dumb blonde type thing, you know, which is of course, you know, it's, it is what it is, but she tongue in cheek does it perfectly. Um, and just, you know, in, in the whole, just being on a set with Woodsboro right there, which is, you know, in the whole chase scene with her and goes face inside of her house, just, 
it was just so it was so meta it almost made my head explode <laughs> so um, it's not the only thing you know, that was exploding during this I mean, I did, my walls were covered, but anyway, um, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, just so many great, great things about this film, but I, I could go on and on and on forever and a day, but I'll let you add a few more things if you want to. Yes. I so talk, talk. one of the best things I loved about this movie was the fact that Cotton Weary's book was named 100% Cotton. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's sat great. there and I just like nodded my head and I was like, Good job. Good job, Scream 3. Like, that's so genuine and just lovable. It was also actually his uh, his talk show as well. He had a talk show and a book. So Classic. So good. Yes, it was fucking good. Now, let me... Also, before you move on, oh, before you move on to, I want to say this before I forget. I just saw this on my notes. Uh, Dane Farwell plays Ghostface in every single film. Like, he actually plays the Ghostface figure. Really? Um, yeah, because I always thought it was maybe, you know, some of the actors were in it. You know, no. It's the same guy in every single film playing Ghostface, which I think was brilliant. Because honestly, if you watch, he plays it exactly the same. So I thought that's brilliant to have the same person play it every single time. So Very true. There you go. That's a, good, that's a nice fact. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't either. So there you go. All right. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Beautiful. So that was – I mentioned that uh, 100% Cotton was one of my favorite things in the franchise. Or like, let me say Scream 3. Do you want to know my least right favorite here. thing about this movie? Please tell me. Courtney Cox's goddamn bangs. <laughs> those motherfuckers Dude, are shorter. Those, those motherfuckers are shorter than the grass of a middle-aged man's yard come the first 50-degree day of spring. Like, them shits are so far uh, from her eyebrows. It's crazy. It's horrible, dude. It's so bad. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, and, I don't know why, who did that to her, but they should be killed and fucking hung up to dry, honestly. Insane. So, yeah, I mean, just other than those two things, it's, it's, it's a good time. You know, it's just another whodunit slasher. And, and this one probably... I saw the kill coming not at all. Like, the th this film out of the entire franchise, I was floored. I had no idea. And then, of course, to yeah. find out who the killer was, I'm not going to, you know, give away too many spoilers. But yeah, Courtney yeah. Cox's character, Gail Weathers, actually feels for his um, pulse at one time because he's playing dead. Or she is playing dead. Right. And there you go. There she's you like, go. oh, he, comma, she is dead. Like, there's no pulse. Well, okay, motherfucker. No. It turns out there is. So either you can't read a pulse worth shit, or you're well just dumb. I don't know. Actually, here's a very fun fact about that that I learned about in the commentary. There is a place under your left arm where you can press that will stop your pulse going to your finger or to go into your wrist. I mean, hmm. Now, do you yeah, think that they course, actually wrote that in there, or they just had to like shove shove that in because of that? Well, Wes kind of admitted, he's like, yeah, he said, I, I should have done that. You know, we, we filmed both ways. I put the wrong one in. You know, he, he actually admitted a few times he put the wrong thing in. But he said, yeah, that is a thing. We actually researched it and it is, is a thing. So technically it goes right. It, it's, it fits in there perfectly. But at the same point, if you didn't know about that, you would think the same thing you thought. So your your feelings were not wrong at all because, you know, every other person was like, yeah, that's so fucked up, you know. But, yeah. So hmm. um, I, I have a few facts to drop on us for this movie. Um, the, the movie, if, and of course, I think you kind of pick up on it, but the movie kind of reflects what happened in real life that the scripts were being leaked online for this and they had to keep changing them in order to make it, you know, they want to kind of keep it secret who was, who was the killer, you know? So they actually did two or three rewrites on the script in order to change things up to make it, you know, to where people were actually going to be surprised, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, 
uh, the original, all right, and talking, you know, it's we're talking about Stab. The Stab movies are all through these movies, except for the first one, of course, because it has to set you know, the precedent. The original beginning of this movie was actually, um, it was the star of Stab 3 going to pick up his girlfriend for the premiere of Stab 2. But they decided to change it to put Cotton in there and kind of wrap up his entire storyline. Because they, they didn't want to carry it forward throughout the entire movie, so they decided to wrap it up with that. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting they were going to put Stab more into this movie than just the fact that that's where, you know, all the kills are coming from. So I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I wrote a bunch of notes for this, but I won't, I won't bore you with a whole lot of these. Some of these are kind of just dumb. But if you want to know some of these facts, let me know. I'll, I will definitely send them to you uh, in DMs or email or whatever. Um, well, something real quick, too, that I wanted to mention that yeah. I didn't like about this film. It's just kind of, you know, come, yeah. coming back in waves. The voice box thing, where he can choose whose voice he replicates, and he can call people up and sound like Sydney, and and this and that. I, I thought that was kind of kind of a cop-out, just because nothing like that really exists to this day still. Right. You know, right. so to be able right. to have uh, Ghostface be able to impersonate other people's voices and call people and trick them into who they're talking to not that not that that's a cop-out by any means but i just thought that in terms of the franchise it i don't know it just doesn't really fit the whole voice box changing his voice thing well i'm with you but they actually had a scene in this movie where it had Ghostface actually sitting down and like actually putting in people's voices into the voice recorder but they cut it out (laughs) he's just sitting at a computer like downloading usb files and like putting (laughs) plugging in like his voice box and downloading all these files onto it like that <laughs> so yeah, we got to yeah, cut dude, that. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how they would have done that. So I'd be interested just to see that that part. And I don't even think that even exists anywhere anymore. I think they just like deleted it. So which I would love to see all these deleted scenes that they didn't put on the uh, you know the Blu-ray or DVDs. But um, it's, it is what it is. Another cool thing about this movie is is Milton's house at the end, the mansion at the end. It was the same mansion used in Halloween H2O. Hell yeah, I, I remember seeing that. That shit is so cool. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Like, because honestly, you can see in some of the scenes, the hallways and some of the rooms you recognize from H2O. Of course, the lighting is different, so it looks different, you know, overall. But I thought it was really cool of how that's the same house. Um, the, the bookcase is hiding the passageway at the end where, where Sydney goes into to the room where the screening room is. Uh, that bookcase wall is now in Courtney Cox's house, which actually leads to a secret passageway uh, in her house. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome too. That's badass. But that's the thing. I don't understand why this this fake house or they were in Milton's house at the end. Correct. Right. And why did he have so many like secret passageways and, and like just all this shit in his house? Cause I was kind of confused. I, I they never really explained that part. Honestly, they just kind of just roll with it. They really just roll. With yeah. It, and so. like, he has like a theater and a bar that's hidden behind a wall. I don't know. Yeah. Now, now I think there are other ways to get into that room, but at the same point, there's a secret way to get into that room. So I, yeah, you're right. It doesn't all make sense. Um, what we here's something cool about the house too. Okay. So it was, it was bought or I'm sorry, it was built for a old silent film star. Uh, no one knew the person's name, but then it was sold to a, like a girl's home later on. And it was said to, I guess the basement, some stuff happened in that basement that mm, kind of iffy sort of. And, after they were told, I guess the cast and crew were told about this, and there were there was maybe some killings down in that basement. There was ghost sightings. There was like reflections seen in, in windows, and everyone started freaking the fuck out. So really spooky, yeah. So a little little haunting on that set, which like is really fucking cool. So um, yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of reshoots in this too. A lot of things that were going to be 
Uh, I won't go into all those right now, but there was just so much of this movie that was cut out that I wish they had put in, but um, would have made the movie a little better. But for time constraints and everything like that and make the movie flow well, they just kind of cut the shit out. It was like, all right, whatever. Um, but, you know, I guess it is what it is. We got we got a great film, so I'm not going to be complaining too much about that. So Yes, definitely. Still, um, a, still a good film. With all the detractors that I mentioned, I, I don't think you've mentioned a single one. Um, don't get me wrong, man. This is a solid ass movie. Obviously, I couldn't pick a shit pick, so it's just yeah. when Brass Tax hits road, man, this this just has to be at the end for me. Yeah, I'm with you too. Like I said, it's not a bad movie, but there are some things that they changed, and you know, uh, you know, I told someone that also. I said it was it was more horror comedy than it was anything else. Of course, all of them are kind of like tongue in cheek. Yeah, know, funny, huh? it's very hokey. This one's yeah, this one was probably the hokiest of all of them. So, well, like, I like hokey, but at the same point. I take this, these films very seriously. So I, I guess it kind of detracts from my watching of them. So that's probably why I put it so low, but again, still love the film. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we move on there? Uh, no, friend? man, I think we're all set to go to number three. All right, dude, let's get on to it. Number three, here we go. Number three. Fuck you, you creep. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Surprise, Sydney. Now you gotta die. Those are the rules. Not in my movie. in the storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. All right. So with a completely unsurprising pick here, I, I think I'm going to have to put Scream 4. Yep. That's, we're, we're lined up, dude. We're lining Same. up perfectly. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So, so what is there to say about this one? So it's it's very cool, but I think in terms of the meta-ness, it kind of takes a backseat to the originality of the first two films. Obviously, the films that aren't in my listing yet or yours. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like it's just adding in stuff. Um like the the scene the the movie club how they're like yeah you know you can pretty much only survive if if you're gay you know like a killer won't kill you if you're gay and i'm just trying to think i'm like is there ever in a slasher movie where a a gay character has survived i mean i can't think of one i mean and it's very interesting because there is a movie that i can think of it's one of the first um movies i've seen with a gay character was it's it's a slasher movie called savage weekend from 1980 um if anyone out it's not that great uh spoiler <laughs> alert, but but it's cool watching an original slasher movie and there, there's a definite gay character and, and it, uh, he dies so but like that's kind of like one of the only people within the genre i can think of so i mean if you guys can think of any you know hit us up but the it was just like rules like that it don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great meta in this movie. There's a lot of great moments. Obviously, the beginning where you're thrown off of the actual start of the film. You know, like you start with step six and then, oh, you're thrown into step seven. And you think that that's the movie. And then it's like, oh, nope, now it starts. You know, so I like that tripping up. It was very, I thought it was done very well. That was probably kind of the moment of that the meta worked the most for me. I'm not a huge fan of like the whole webcam and the, the GoPro thing that a lot of the films from the early 2010s to mid 2000s tried to pull that whole look technology phase, you know? Yep. 
Yep. So that 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 had it down a little bit for me. Um, I didn't see the killer coming. I saw one of them. Obviously, I, I'm pretty sure most people would see one of them coming, but the other one I did did not see coming. Right. Um, and then just to kind of wrap that all up, the portrayal of Ghostface in this film is my favorite of the entire series because, hmm. um, well, I mean, you mentioned that the same guy played all four, but he is just ruthless in this film. The kills mm-hmm. are just brilliant, man. And like most of the, the films in the franchise, you just, like I mentioned at the front, you know, just little gut stabs and this and that, but like Anthony Anderson gets a fucking knife to the forehead and then like stumbling <laughs> down and just, and you see the a girl. Bruce Willis. Yeah, you see a girl is completely <laughs> gutted with all of her entrails hanging out. Like, we haven't seen this shit in a scream movie to this date, and so to kind of see that, it was very it made me very happy because that's why I like slasher movies. I like to watch people get savagely murdered because I'm a fucking weirdo. And <laughs> I like to see it in creative ways. And that's just something that Scream has never really done, you know? You you get a couple of cool kills here and there, you know, like the one um deputy or detective in part two with the rod through the head like that shit was next Mm. level that was great but just as a whole it's the scream films weren't usually known for that and i think that's why i've been holding holding off not really watching them for so long was because of just what i had seen would just be like he'd like stab someone in the back and it's like oh they're dead i don't know that just was anticlimactic and not really too exciting for me but then Mm. i then again once i actually sat down and put these movies in i had a really good time and i don't know if that's because all the shitty ass movies me and you have to watch. I mean, we had to watch Tom Night Four <laughs> last week. God, that was tough. Um, we just <sighs> we're coming off all the Leprechaun films, so it's been a tough stretch. To, so to actually watch something like these, it's oh, thank God, it's it's definitely nice. <laughs> it's it's yes, nice to exactly. end on a high note. Exactly, dude. Like I say, it's these films just were a breath of fresh air. Exactly when we needed it to kind of revitalize us, especially going to the next season. Yeah, it was it's it was a godsend, honestly. Um. Yeah, that scene where he just paints the walls with her blood. Dude, that's oh, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely fucking gorgeous. Isn't it beautiful? Um, it was. Um, like, like you're saying, like, like the very first, how it throws you into different films and kind of you know tricks you and everything. It was the very first movie to ever come up with a triple opening ever, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Damn. The meta. The, yeah, exactly. Met up on meta, baby. The original scene was supposed to be um, Sydney at a dinner party celebrating her the publishing of her new book. And they were all attacked, and Sydney was stabbed. Uh, and they were supposed to pick up three years later and kind of continue on from there. But they decided to throw the whole. It was actually rewrite by Kevin uh, Williamson, which uh, the brilliant mind right there in himself. Um, but went and did the uh, the stab thing, which everyone loved that one too. So I would love to have seen that happen, though. You know, kind of like you know, like Ghostface attack an entire dinner party. But you know, I guess we'll just have to you know do it in our minds, I guess. But. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but this film, like you said, it's it, it 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 is it's it's a look back. It's a look back on meta. If you can if you can take a meta and look at meta, it just kind of messes with your head a little bit. So, but I think it does it in such a good way. Like it, it doesn't overdo it. It just does it enough to where you're going. Okay, you know what? What else could you do with this franchise? Where else could you take meta? And they fucking take it there and they do it brilliantly. Um, of course, you know almost the entire cast comes back, and of course people have died here and there. We won't say who, but you know it just happens. Um, we may actually cover it later on, so if you keep listening, you'll find out. Um, but it's it's such a cool way in the fact of it's showing the, the character arc. I just said this today on our Instagram page. The character arc of Sidney Prescott through all these four films is one of the best arcs I've ever seen in any movie, not just horror, just any movie ever. Like this way she starts from like this innocent high school teenager 
to this woman that's been through so much and she's still kicking ass, dude. She's still fucking kicking ass and taking fucking names and is not apologetic for any of it. And that's why I've always said, if you were to put all the final girls into a room, the woman that walk out is Sydney fucking Prescott because she's a badass till the very end. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's very undeniable that without a doubt, she is by far the most badass final girl of all time. I mean, she has to be. She's lasted through four films. I mean, tell me any franchise in history that you have the same final girl in four goddamn films. And not only that, but like you said, the character arc. You, She starts off in high school. You see her in college. You see her, I, I don't know, fucking out of college. And then you see her as a book writer. And so it's just yeah. like, and she's still just kicking ass and taking names. And I mean, it's it, it, it's awesome. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's brilliant, honestly. And like, you know, she people will say, well, she still runs from the killer. Well, yeah, she does, but she also punches the killer a lot in these films. Like, she lands punches, kicks, you know, leg sweeps. I mean, she's fucking karate kidding all over these fuckers, you know? It's just, it's amazing of just the stamina she has. And of course, she makes Ghostface look pretty stupid a lot of the time, which is hilarious because the killer's always supposed to be this, you know, this guy that he's, you know, he's stalking his prey and he's going to get him. And he does stalk the prey and he does get most of them. But Sydney makes him look stupid every single time, and I fucking love that. I love Ghostface to death, but she does it perfectly. So um, I love She's the fact great. they kind of bring, you know, they, they bring a Randy character back into it uh, with with the two film students in the school, um, but with a twist, you know, where they bring two guys within the one, um, with the same fervor, but you know, it's just a different twist on it. Everything has a different twist on it. Um, I just and I love it. Like it's I can't get enough of it. Honestly, this this one is like I said. I wasn't gonna put it in a minor four spot because it is like the last film. But I said no, no, no. This film does a lot of things really, really well. Like I said, the kills are are better. The gore is better. Um, Wes really was proud of this film. Even in the commentary, he was talking about you know I won't give away the ending, but you know he said that the the person at the end, you know he wanted to bring them back in the next movie, possibly. Of course. That never got to happen because Wes sadly passed away. But he was so excited about this thing continuing that he just, he was so ready just to take Scream to the next level. And we'll talk about the next installment of this, of this franchise later on. I won't go too far into it now, but you know, he, he loved the characters so much. He loved to pit them against each other. You know, the whole, um, you know, uh, Gail and, and Sydney thing, you know, that was a, a big thing throughout the entire, you know, franchise, um, Dewey and Gale, uh, you know, their ups and downs throughout the entire thing. There's so many, you know, couplings in this, these films that just, you just, you love to follow these characters and love to see how they clash or how they mesh with these other characters. It's just such a brilliant way he did this. Um, and of course, you know, you can't really watch these films without watching the prior and make it make sense. So he makes you watch from the very start, which is brilliant. Um, some films can be standalone as sequels or, you know, third in a trilogy or even fourth in a, in a franchise but he says no 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 you got to watch from the start bitch go back and, and start with number one and go all the way through to the end because you're gonna love every single one of these films um but yeah i, I just i can't say enough good things about this this one especially because like i said I, I was really apprehensive going into this watching it for the very first time way back when but i just i i, I love every single every single time i watch it i just love it even more um the the, the casting is spot on the the cinematography is beautiful. Uh, the filming locations are just amazing. Uh, a lot of these film shots, especially where there there's crowds in the back, those are actual crowds he used just of, of onlookers from the town have just come to watch them film, and he just puts them in there. He says, "Let it roll," which is awesome. I mean, most people are really stingy about that kind of stuff. He said, "No, fucking let it, let it go. Let it, you know, let him do it. Let him stand there. Uh, it looks great. It, it, it looks fantastic." 
Um, I do want to throw out a few facts here before we move on. Um, there was actually a blizzard outside almost the entire time this was filming. They had to take a lot of the blizzard out uh, CGI-wise to, to get it to look like it wasn't going on, which is I just think is brilliant. Um, I think it's more toward the first scene this happened, but a lot of them were a lot of sets were really cold. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the actors had to work in extreme cold conditions, which you can't really tell, honestly. Um, Nev had a sprained sprained foot the entire time. She was running around on a sprained foot the entire time. You can't tell that either. Damn. It shows goes to show you how awesome she is. Um, uh, this the stunt the stunt work in these films. I got I got to highlight this for one second. Most of them are stunt women, and they really kick ass in the way that they do this. One specific thing that is just amazing is that the scene. Uh, let's see. I have my notes right here. Uh, okay, the one where Rebecca Walters, the uh, her publicist, gets thrown off of the parking structure. The assault woman jumped off the sixth level of that parking structure into a bunch of boxes. Six levels, dude. Jesus. That's crazy. I know. So this is the dedication of Wes and what he wanted to achieve. Even the smallest details in this film are just amazing. So, you know, you watch these films and you really can appreciate good filmmaking, good writing, and good directing. Like, it's it's throughout every single one of these films. So people want to say, you know, well, you're just, uh, you're like, you're just a slut for these films. I am, and for good fucking reason, bitch. You know, so. <laughs> but that um, nerd. Yeah, that's right, buddy. Um, but yeah, and a lot of these characters are supposed to die in these films, and a lot of them, like I said, going into this fifth or whatever reboot, remake, fifth part, whatever, we may see some people come back from this fourth installment. So, hands up in there. I don't know. So, and if I had to pick two main detractors from this fourth installment, I would say the weird filter that's put on the entire movie. It's it's shot way too bright. Like, did See, you think, notice I that? I think the lighting all? is perfect. I, I thought the lighting was perfect, honestly. But that's like it makes it almost gives it kind of like a fantasy type feel. I don't, I just thought it was very strange the way that they did the color. It does have a hue, like a weird hue to it. But I actually kind of like that. It kind, it kind of it kind of sets it apart from the other three films, which I think it's supposed to. I think that's on purpose. But but I don't know. Just yeah. gonna sit here. And hold I'm gonna hands. say something that's gonna make you hate me. Are you ready? <sighs> Kevin, I just I just shared you my story today saying one of my favorite things in the world, but go ahead, ruin my day. Every film in this franchise, I think, plays it too safe. The ending. Um, like how? I would Explain say yourself. more so in the fourth one. Everyone lives that okay. you want to live, other than, of course, Randy in part two. Spoiler alert. Um, but it's just, <laughs> in the fourth film, I thought they had a perfect opportunity to kill someone. Granted, I wouldn't want it to be Sydney. I, I but like Dewey and Gale, I just feel like they're they're being strung along, man. Especially in the fourth film, it's it, they're just kind of there. Especially Gale, she was just there, man. And and I think that that would have been a kind of huge point, you know, smacking someone's head on the table. Like, look, nobody's fucking safe. But now, if they make a fifth movie, a sixth movie, a seventh movie, I'm just gonna assume that everyone's gonna live because all of these films have a happy ending. You know, you've got your core three see. people that live every single time, no matter what. But see that might that might be where they get you though. They may lull you into a sense of security. Like, but dude, fucking Dewey, man, Dewey is he gets stabbed in the back almost every single film and comes back, man. He's like the unstoppable fucking a million dollar man, dude. It's fucking amazing. Uh, and, I, and I think to your whole Gale thing, I think she plays an intricate part in the fact that she's like that outside source that's shining a light on all this stuff. That's that's her job is to shine a light on all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, not not on the actual movie, but on you know going on inside the movie. So things you would necessarily figure out, she's showing you those things going, hey, 
don't forget about this or don't forget about that. Or let's take a lecture look at this. Or, you know, it's, she's like that whistleblower. And I just, I think that's brilliant. Honestly. So you don't think they played it a little too safe by allowing all three to survive in, in the fourth film? I don't because you almost, because I, I mean, honestly, when I first saw stream four for the first time, I thought Sydney was dead. Yeah. I thought when she stabbed her, I thought she was gone. So, you know, bringing her back was okay. A little bit, a little bit safe, but overall, I think just the fact of her surviving, it just shows how strong she really is and how strong Dewey is. Of course, she gets hit over the head with a, with a you know, fucking, you know, bedpan, which is not going to kill you, I don't think. So, you know, but at the same point, they really could have killed him off, you know, spoiler alert. But, um, but like I said, he survives every single film. He's that staple. And I love, I, and before I move on from this too, I want to talk about Sydney and Dewey's chemistry throughout this entire franchise. It's, it's such a good wholesome just brother sister like you know connection they have but he's he's always their protector but yet she only protects him because she's fucking sydney prescott but she, she protects him a lot of the time yes i agree i must say she she appreciates him so much but she also does like i said does protect him as well which is also brilliant so the writing in this is just it, it gets me every time i love the fact that these characters always survive for the fact that it carries on that legacy about the entire thing so it i see your point i'm not saying it's wrong i just think they did it the right way just for that exact point so yeah i just kind of felt like at this point gail's gail weathers character is just kind of overdone uh, you know like she there's only so much she can do and she's just kind of chilling i i i get it i get it yeah. and i like i said i'm not gonna say you're wrong but i'm also gonna say that i see a different side of that too so yeah totally and, i mean like you mentioned too you know there might be a new film coming out we'll talk about that more at the ending so yeah the 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 future is definitely open-ended. You know, anything could happen at this point. Yep, you're exactly right, dude. Whew. Well, there's two down. <laughs> you yep. ready to uh, go into our top two? I mean, oh. I, and I'm pretty sure we have the same top two, but you might surprise me, though. So we'll see. let's just get into it, brother. <laughs> Hello? What's your favorite scary movie? What do you want? Number two. Fuck you, you creep. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Surprise, Sydney. Now you gotta die. Those are the rules. Not in my movie. Gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. Number two. Here we are. Mm. Scream 2. Yep. No surprise. <laughs> yep, there we go. Yeah, no, yeah, but I say no surprise there. I'm glad you didn't surprise me because yeah. I would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, as much as I would have loved to shake it up, I, it would not be my true standing. So I got Scream 2 here, and honestly, I almost wanted to put 4 here just because of the brutality and, and kind of the different feel that uh, Ghostface has. It's, it's a lot more serious in, in the fourth film, but... This one yeah. is just, it's just completely solid all the way around. You know, it, it feels like a continuation of part one. Now, I'm not saying three doesn't feel like a continuation of the rest of the franchise, but like like we mentioned, it is a little hokier and whatnot, but this is still, you know, Ghostface is still a force to be reckoned with in this film. Um, and it's funny because watching this film, it's like, there's not that many likable characters, though. Whereas in the first one, you know, you love pretty much all the characters we'll be talking about the first film in a minute 
But mm. this one, it's just a lot of them are just there to just exist. You know, they're there for kill bait. Whereas in the first film, you actually felt kind of connected. There's not a lot of True. good connections in this film. Um, I mean, you have, you know, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox coming back. They come back every goddamn time. But they come <laughs> back this time. And you got Jerry O'Connell and all kinds of people. Jada Pinkett Smith at the beginning. I think she's, in real life, she was like 30 when this film came out. Mm. And she's portraying yeah. a high school student. So that, that's, <laughs> I mean, good for you if you can still pull that off, you know. But I mean, I mean, and honestly, she didn't pull it off for me. She looked really a lot older than she was supposed to oh, yeah. portray but oh yeah so but yeah, still. anybody that watched that film she is supposed to be a high school student so just uh do with that information what you will i love <laughs> the beginning i think it's it, it's so well done I, I this kind of really started the whole stab thing the, mm-hmm. the movie within the movie and i, I think that that is just yep. done so perfectly well and i'm still waiting for a stab movie to actually come out i think that that would be mm-hmm. a lot of fun i think if Wes craven was still alive that is something he would probably I don't see that might have been too hokey for him. But then again, he made Last House on the Left, and that movie's like a softcore porno from 1970. What was it, two? So, I mean, yeah. he's he, you never know what he's going to do. I, but I like to think that that would just be meta on top of meta if he could make an actual stab movie, but make it its own film somehow. Like, it's a movie within a movie, but it turns out to be reality. So, you know, I don't know. I don't have the mind for that. I'm, I'm too dumb for that shit. But, like, I feel like Kevin Williamson, the writer of all these movies, except part three. I feel like he could whip something out, man. I really think he could. And it's funny oh, because totally, dude. the segment of Stab in this movie was actually directed by, I'm sure you know, who was it? It was uh, Robert Rodriguez. Yes, yes, I knew you know oh, that one. Yeah. For any, anybody listening, yeah, yeah. he directed, what was it, like Death Proof? Yes, and uh, a whole bunch of other ones, uh, Machete and... Um, Spy Kids, uh, of course. Spy Kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's done a lot, a lot of great things and just a, a brilliant director, so... Yeah, I mean, so, so, so that was, yep. that's a little cool, and mm-hmm. fuck, man, let's let's make this happen. I always thought that that would be really cool, but um, Hell yeah. just more about this movie. I mean, Randy Meeks comes back. He, he's probably one of my favorite characters from this entire franchise, and it, it, it that's the thing I always loved about these films is it, it could be anybody. Anybody could be the killer. It's that whole cat and mouse game that you mentioned, and I love slashers like that because it keeps you guessing, and it, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, and that's what I like about this franchise was, yeah, the, the kills aren't flashy, but it does give you that suspenseful feel of, wow, who the fuck's is this? But then again, mm. that was kind of almost played too hard in four because I knew it wasn't Emma Roberts' boyfriend because that would have been way too obvious, you know? Right. But they're like, well, what's funny, we'll, we'll go back to that for a second. Like, they had to actually um, cut his part bad. They actually put him in the, in the film too much. Uh, and as like a red herring, like, it was actually giving it away too much. So they had to actually, like, like adjust his scene, the screen time. Because it was almost too obvious. So yeah, he got his cock shot off. I thought that wasn't fair. Oh God! I mean, that I've seen every time I see it, it's just ah, damn it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, anything else you want to have before we uh, before I start talking about this movie? Because I want to talk for a while. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It's just <laughs> it's just a very, very, very good sequel, and it lives up to that meta ness of what they said a true sequel is. You know they. They point out all the flaws and all the pros and cons of a sequel and then just throw that in and give it all to you and just throw it in your face and it's done in a clever way. So, I mean, this one, again, hats off just like every other entry, but now it's on to you. Give me, give me your five minutes of glory here. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man, that's, these, the facts in these films are amazing, too, because like I found out, like you were saying, Kevin Williamson can come up with a good stab movie. Uh, like the, okay, the opening scene 
with with you know with the stab stuff that was all his idea like he came up with that on his own for i think even before they even filmed part two like the like even got two part two so i think that was really great that he had that all worked out in his brain that's just brilliant inside of brilliance so um i i love part two a lot like uh it actually had to grow on me a little bit too back when, I, when it first came out because like i said it was you know not knowing who the killer was before we even saw the film that kind of ruined it for me but but it it wasn't it kind of had, held back a little bit for me but really seeing it over and over again now like i've seen it probably a billion freaking times i deliver it more and more every single, every single time i watch it it's just it's amazing um the way that they kind of take it you know it's funny because they go you know high school like it's a high school college you know life after college and then they go to where she's a full-blown woman you know in in the world making her mark i think it's where the arc is just fantastic so to take it in college and really show her as a college student and see how she's struggling with you know all this stuff that's happened like she found out her mom was murdered by her boyfriend and you know all this stuff and it's just it's so crazy of how you know again spoiler alert um but just to show how she's grown and how she grows every single time something happens like she never she never just gives up it's always, it's, it's not, a, you know, oh, you know, woe is me. All this, those bad has happened. I'm going to go you know, hide in the corner somewhere. No, she fucking goes out and kicks more ass. And it just goes to, you know, the, the Sydney character. It goes to the way Nev Campbell plays her. Just brilliant. And, I, you know, meeting her in person, met her twice now. Just her, being in her presence is amazing because she is a very strong person just in herself. So just hats off to her again for just being an amazing actor and just bringing Sydney to life so well. I just can't say that good things about her um yeah just just throwing so many different you know wrenches in the end of the cogs as as uh, kevin says you know just you think it's going one way and it, and it switches to another and all these red herrings show up and trying to figure out who it is the who done it is so great in this one it's just you know i wish i had been able to fully realize that it just still kills me to this day but still, it was still a very big surprise of who the other killer was. And it was, like you said, you don't really know, you don't really know who the killer is, you know, Billy's mom, until the very end. Like, you suspect some people, but you really don't know. Um, but just, and, and working on a college campus as well, seeing how this stuff works out on film, it's very true to life. Like, it's it's very accurate. Um, the uh, I think that this was filmed... Uh, let me see. It was filmed at a all girls school uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, they had to actually use some of the some of the shots. Like it, it was really hot too. It was very hot down there. And in order to get all these shots just right, like you have to, you know, weather always plays a big, you know, a big thing. Also, they were very close to the airport as well, so planes going overhead wreaked havoc with the filming of this film. Yo, fuck that airport though, real quick. Oh, dude, fuck <laughs> that airport! Holy shit! We'll go into it later on, but you know, the time. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to throw that, that in there. No. Yeah, dude, that airport can suck a big fat bag of dicks because that's just that's we hated it. So, um, uh, gosh, I just so many things. I just <laughs> I can't get all my thoughts together, and this is what I feared the most of not being able to get this shit out. Um, but like, just the writing in this is so fantastic. Like the way, like I said, is. Uh, all the red herrings and the way the story goes and then the who done it just it's all so well put together um in wes's direction too uh he uses a lot of birds in this one to kind of show impending doom he does that in all the films but in this one especially there's if you watch there's three or four scenes where birds will flock or they'll fly away or they'll be in the scene somewhere 
kind of, you know, Hitchcockian, which kind of, you know, throws that whole thing of, you know, if you watch the background, you kind of figure out what's going to happen in the next few scenes. Um, so it gives you hints. He drops hints all the time of what's going to happen in, these, in this movie, especially, but in all the films, um, you kind of follow a, a sort of formula and watching this to kind of figure out where it's going to go. Of course, once you've seen it once, oh, well, but the first time watching, you really can kind of follow the hints and follow the clues and, and end up almost figuring it out or nailing the, the killers to the wall. Um, uh, I will say that Ghostface was show, supposed to show up a lot in this, a lot more in this film. Uh, he was actually supposed to show up in the bell tower at the very last shot. It was a helicopter shot. And he was supposed to show up in the very last shot of the, in the bell tower. They cut it out thinking that's a little too obvious to show he's coming back for the next one. So they, they cut him out in a few scenes to kind of keep that mystery going. And, and, you know, where is he? Who is he? Will he come back? Is he dead? You know, and still the who done it just lived on throughout this entire film, which again, brilliant writing and brilliant directing for Wes to go. Let's pull back a little bit. Let's not give too much of our hand. Let's, let's make them want more, um, which is just brilliant. I just thought it was just awesome. Um, again, a lot of these things I wrote down are, are just little things happen in the film. Like uh, the, the, the guy that stands up at the first when Courtney or when Gail is talking at the, the college, the person that stands up and asks the question is none other than David Arquette's brother, Richard, which I think was pretty cool. Um, and then the police chief uh, is uh, David's dad. So the police chief in the movie is David's dad, which I think is pretty fucking awesome. That's okay. uh, so a lot of, a lot of our cats. Yeah. A lot of our cats show up in this film. Um, the, the way that they look at sequels, they kind of, like I said, they, they can lay the groundwork for that. They poke fun of the sequels and um, you know, the other killer kind of like, you know, helps to lend to that. I won't say exactly how, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just brilliant. You've already talked about all of these things I wasn't talking about, which is perfect. So, um, oh, and also another thing too, Roger Jackson, the voice of Ghostface, I will say, I was going to say this till the end, but I'll just say it now. He, in every single one of these films, he's always placed on set somewhere and the actors don't know where he is. Wes has hidden him somewhere. So they know he's around, but they never see him. So it also has that mystery of, you know, who is he? Where's he at? You know, a lot of the stuff is ad lib that he talks about, like the, the scene where they're in the courtyard and he, uh, Randy answers the phone and says, you know, Gail's not here. And he goes, am I interrupting something? And he says, you know, have you ever, you know, felt, you know, a knife, you know, cut through flesh and scraped the bone beneath. That was an ad lib line by Roger Jackson, which is brilliant. He's just a great, great actor. He wasn't even supposed to be in a lot of these films. They were going to use him for the first one and then move on to something else. But, he was so good at it. They just kept him through all four films, which I thought was, I couldn't hear Ghostface as any other, any other person ever. So true. I do think he sounds you know. different in every movie though. I think in the first, he sounds a lot yes. more gravelly and kind of spooky, but, but as the films went on, I didn't think he kind of had that same, um, just kind of, te- the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that fear. Like he doesn't sound as yes. intense going through the films. Yeah. I, I just thought he, he, he could have been a little better throughout the films. I think, but also think that also reflects who the killer is. I think it reflects, because as the movies go on, it's a little more, you know, the meaning is a little more different and a little more uh, to the heart, I think. That's why it kind of gets more more progressively aggressive, I think. I mean, it, it, if I can argue that point. Um, but I agree with you. He does sound a lot different throughout the, each one of these films. He has more of a cynical look on things earlier on, and he has more of aggressive at the end, yeah. which I think is kind of a cool arc, you know? So, yeah, definitely. Um, one little bit I think is really cool about this is that um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, 
course of we know I know what you did last summer and Buffy fame. She's in this film for a fleeting few moments. She's in the first first minute or two, and then she shows up at the sorority house. And the person on the phone that she's talking to is Selma Blair. What? Which I think no one really knows. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. And here's the other kicker about this: is that when uh, when West did his uh, test screening to to you know to say that he wanted to be director of this, these films, the original was shot with Selma Blair playing Sidney Prescott, and the mask was guess this none other than the Michael Myers mask from Halloween. Wow, interesting. Is that not fucking crazy? I know. I thought that was very interesting. So. Um, but yeah, there's so many, so many things about the scenes of this movie are so cool because it, it just kind of shows the history of horror in itself, just being behind the scenes, not just in the film itself, which they do both so brilliantly. Um, but yeah, I think that's just, uh, that's, I think that's all I have to say about this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my load is shot. <laughs> um, but, um, anything else you want to add before we move on? Um, Mm, no baby let's get on to number one so i think we've said everything we can about this film so we're about to hit one hour and we still have one more film to go which i think is awesome i I was claiming two or three hours but okay maybe i was overshooting a little bit but you know just want to leave live room for you know maybe whatever's gonna happen it's gonna happen so here we go you ready for this dude yes sir By in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Surprise, Sydney. Now you gotta die. Those are the rules. Not in my movie. In the storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. I mean, there's no question what it what is in first place. You have to have the original. That's right. Mm-hmm. Have to. Oh man, it's just what is there to not say about this film? I mean, it's it's a complete classic in every sense of the word. Uh, likeable characters, uh, star power. Again, it, this is 1996, so I'm not sure necessarily how big David Arquette was and Nev Campbell was just coming on the scene. And, of course, Courtney Cox was in her friend friend's days. Um, but fuck, man, it's just... I, there's nothing unlikable about this one to me. And this is one, again, that had to grow on me because... Uh, spo- uh, not spoiler alert, but I hate to say it, but I actually saw a scary movie from 2000 before I ever watched <laughs> this film. So, you know, to kind of have that, I know I've told you that before, and to just kind of have that yeah. goofy filter over this movie, you know, I knew like which scenes were being made fun of and this and that. So it was just kind of hard to z- zone in and take this one too seriously, but fuck, oh, dude, it's just a classic. I'm, Stu Mocker, Billy Loomis, Sidney Prescott, just everybody, man. Casey Becker. Yes, just every single person in this movie. And that's what I think really sets this one apart from the other ones is that this is kind of this came out of nowhere. No one was expecting this to be such a massive hit, and to kill Drew Barrymore off twelve minutes into the film, you know, no one saw that coming because she was advertised on all the posters, and that just kind of set the mm-hmm. tone for the whole movie. Is forget what you think is going to happen because it's not going to happen. And it really... It also did that in Psycho, too. You know, they killed off one of the major you know, stars in that movie. They kind of take the same thing, and they kind of mirrored that in this movie, too. So True. And and it's just that's... This film not only, I think, revitalized horror, 
or let me say not only reinvigorated the slasher genre, but it really reinvigorated horror because I know I mentioned this right at the beginning of the episode that just nineties horror is not really my thing, but I know it's big time your thing. You know, you got the, I know what you did last summer movies and urban legend and that's all your bread and butter. But you know, I'm learning to love it. I, I really am. And especially this one. It's just, this has to be just, you can't even deny it. If you don't like this movie, it's still a staple in horror cinema. Not only horror cinema, but like movie history. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It's just completely exactly. smart. And ju- I can't say enough nice things about it. Um, of course, obviously, you know, kills are kind of tame. Actually, other than Drew Barrymore, dude, she's fucking like hung up and her guts are coming out. Like that, that was pretty, pretty intense. Well, I mean, and that was a dummy that was hanging there, right? You know that, right? No, I actually didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was. It was really cool because actually, behind the scenes, they show it like them taking it off of the the uh, tree, and it, it looked, dude, it's so similar. To, I mean, of course, if you look closely, you can tell it's not really her, but I mean, you have to look real close. But yeah, it is a dummy that they've uh, they hung up on the tree. So. Well, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just go give it a yeah. shot. <laughs> uh, you, there's no way no. that you're not going to like appreciate something about this movie. Oh, totally. I mean, from start to finish, it's just it's brilliance like it's it is that's why it's my favorite movie of all time like it's it's absolutely fucking brilliant um and like like we were saying you know the people that were in this movie you know uh whatever they were big did you know that nev campbell was in four movies in 1996 alone damn dude she was in uh, the cannibal ghost the craft love child and scream in the same year oh, so two of those oh, i guess three you know i'm telling you there's at least two of those everyone knows about you know, the cannibal ghost is one that kind of slips everyone's mind but well, uh, yeah, movies in one year. Nev Campbell were in the crowd. Yes, that's right. So, I mean, like I said, she was pretty big that year, uh, which is fucking crazy. Um, I mean, what what can I say about Scream? What can I say? I mean, everyone knows how I feel about this movie. Like, I can literally, literally watch this movie just over and over again without even hesitating. Like, I can just finish it, start it over again, love it just as much the second time, third time, fourth time through. It's just brilliance in itself. Um, like I said, I remember it coming out when I was in high school. I actually made a website dedicated to Scream, and wish I could find it to this day. Damn. I cannot find it. It makes me so mad. Nerd. But it was, it was, I was a fucking nerd. I nerded out of this movie totally. Um, the MPAA had a heyday with this movie. They cut a lot of stuff out, uh, like uh, Steve's entrails coming out, like they were just going to show him, him being cut open and his entrails coming out. They had to, they had to you know, uh, take that out. Um, there's so many things I can't, I can't even say I'm all, cause there's so many, but, um, even the school they filmed at, like they filmed most of the scenes of the school and the school went up seeing what they filmed and they actually kicked them off, kicked them off campus because of how bad it was. And if you, if you watch at the very end of the, uh, the credits, it'll even say, and no thanks to the school system where you, we were used to film this at. So and she says, no thanks. So which is hilarious. I love that. Um, but uh, just and just the fact of using horror trivia to save someone's life at the beginning of the film, that in itself just, oh, God, it just makes me just, my horror stiffy just go boing, you know? Um, just fucking, I'm going to look them out right now to see what else I could say about this movie that no one else may not know. Um, it, okay, there's a scene, of course, a scene where, she, where Sydney is being chased by Ghostface for the first time. And she goes upstairs, she gets on her computer, and she types in, you know, to the police to call the police. She actually types in her address as being 34 Elm Street, which I think is brilliant in itself. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, they had to cut it out for time. So which I was like, I'll leave that in there, you know? But yeah, they had to cut it out. Um, 
oh, and the original Ghostface like costume was supposed to be all white. And I think it was the was the co-director. Let me see. Uh, I see West West wanted the costume to be white. Uh, I guess Kevin's script kind of said that. But oh, uh, Mary Madeline, she was uh, I guess the co-producer. She said she wanted to see black because it would be more ominous and, and menacing. Nailed that shit to the fucking wall. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, and I, I also really heard see, that they, I've seen just real quick to add on to that was that I heard that they wanted to make it black because white was a little bit too resemblant to the Ku Klux Klan outfits. <laughs> yes, so, yeah, good choice <laughs> yeah, in mean, the black. Really weird. Yep, yep. That's yeah, that fucking nailed it. Um, yeah, I mean, just it, it, the whole cast on this Henry Winkler as the as the principal, just such a small plant, but he's such a such a great job. It's just oh, I just fucking love it. The ghost face mask itself. If you watch the movie carefully, I watched it very carefully again twice this week. It, it changes. The mask changes. It goes from the the K and B to just a normal Ghostface mask you always see. It's so weird. And it's it changes throughout every film, but actually changes throughout this film two or three times if you watch it. It's very strange. Now that could, um, could that be because the there's well, I mean, most of them do have two different killers. But do you think that you could figure out which one is which? Like if. If say Stu is the one killing people, he his mask might be different than Billy. No, and here's why: because it actually changes it changes in the scene of the first with Casey Becker, and we know we know for sure that's only one killer because of what is said by, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I mean, too many names in my head right now. I can't keep them all straight. Um, Stu's girlfriend. Um, oh my god, dude, really? This is embarrassing. Um. Rose McGowan's character. I cannot think of her name. Dude, this is bad. <laughs> Guys, this is Alzheimer's does to you right here. This is Alzheimer's at its best. Um, wow. Tatum. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, Tatum yeah. Riley. Oh, my God. It's this fucking Dewey's sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I forgot. That's, dude, that's, if anyone says I'm not old, fuck you, because I just proved it right fucking there. That I'm old as shit. Seriously. Oh, my God. That's, I can't believe I fucking did that. Anyway, because later on she says that yeah, you know, you know Stu was with me all night long, you know, so she gave him an alibi. So we know that was all Billy, but yet the mask changes in that scene. If you watch it closely, it just, it's a very subtle change, but you see it. So that's kind of crazy. Um, a lot of callbacks to old movies. You had Carrie, uh, you have Psycho, um, Texas Chainsaw is also referenced. Uh, of course, Halloween, the entire last scene, this film with it playing in the background. Um, just a lot of classics are in there. If you just watch it and pay attention, they're all in there. Now, prom night, the little things too. It's just, it's, it's so cool how little things, but, but then again, I've watched how ingrained Halloween is in this franchise. It's ridiculous. It's so just a huge part of it. Yet Halloween is not one of my favorite franchises, which go figure. I can't figure that out. If anyone can figure that out hey, for same me, here. drop me a DM. Yeah, I don't, I just don't understand it. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. But again, some of the little things I wrote down in, in, you know, for notes on this, I just I could go into a bunch of them. Um, scene 118. People talk about this all the time. Our good friend Adam loves. He has a T-shirt that says "I survived Scene 118," and our friend Megan too has a T-shirt like that. That scene took you know two weeks to film, and and I also got a question from someone that messaged me earlier this week that said, "Is it true that all the Ghostface costumes were burned at the end of this of, of the first movie?" And I said, "I don't think that's true, but let me find out." I find later on that all the costumes that were used that were all bloodied up, you know, Stu's, Billy's, Sydney's, uh, Tatum's, all of them like that, those were burned, but not the ghost face 
costumes. Why? Those were all preserved. Everything else was burned because they were so gross. They just felt they were I – mean, the kids had to put the same things back on every Uh-oh. single time they did the shoot. Yeah, that makes sense. It was so – they were like, this is disgusting. I'm just going to fucking burn it. Yeah, they were going to fucking burn it. So um, one thing, too, it, is – okay, so the original title for this movie, it was Scary Movie. Not necessarily, of course, that was later changed to use for the satire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was changed halfway through the film. And the famous line, it's a scream, baby, you know, said by Stu Mocker, was actually added in later on because of the filming. And a lot, a lot of these films, too, people don't realize that a lot of these films were written kind of as they were being filmed. A lot of the scenes were being written as they were being filmed. So they changed that scene in order to put that line in there, which I think was brilliant. So, uh, of course, I use it all the time when I say stuff about Scream, so and everyone kind of knows that's that's just what it is. Uh, a lot of lines were ad-libbed by Matthew Lillard, um, which are fantastic. Oh, another thing, too, Matthew Lillard, he does show up in the in the background of, of part two at the scene at the sorority house. A lot of people don't see it. I'm actually going to put a screenshot of it up on our Instagram page so you can check it out. Um, but it's very split. It's like two seconds, and that's it. But it's, I think that's fucking cool because, of course, you know, Spoiler alert, he dies at the end of the first one. So, sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it for you there. Man, and I also um, remember hearing that part two, he was supposed to be written into it, but um, mm-hmm. part two was filmed right around the time Columbine happened, and his scene, I guess, was involving like a shooting in a school or something like that, so they had to scrap him entirely. So, I, I didn't even know he showed up in the second one. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I was, yeah. So, dude, you're, you're complimenting this perfect. I love the way you're these things. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. This is why I picked Kevin for my, my uh, co host. Oh, sucks. He's fucking best. It's fucking awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, the scene at the end, okay, here's something interesting to know about Skid Elbridge. He had open heart surgery back when he was 10 years old, which I did not know that. He has a steel, like a stainless steel wire running down his chest. And the scene where he's searching for Sydney at the end, and she pops out of the, uh, I guess, the closet and stabs him with the uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. They, he, she actually, there's a plate that was put over. They supposed to hit the plate. She missed the plate and hit that wire, oh. and like almost paralyzed him for a few minutes. So, he, like, he was he actually got stabbed in, in the heart almost in that scene. So, Jesus, if you see actors don't give their all, I know then th- these guys give their all in filming this in this movie. So, also in the third one too, where. Uh, she pops over the the bar and stabs Roman in the back. Yeah, she missed the plate there too, and actually stabs him in the back with that. God damn with it, Neff Campbell, so, get your shit together. I know she was all knife happy, but uh, yeah, dude. Um, so many things in this film I just want to talk about, but I know I could go on and on and on. But you know, again, if you haven't seen this film, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, if you don't like the movie, I, I, you know it is what it is. I'm not going to fight you on it. It just you can like what you like don't like what you don't like it's okay to be wrong you know i accept you as being <laughs> wrong so it's okay we'll talk about it later you dm me send hate mail to whatever you know me or kevin or it's our podcast you know at gmail.com whatever you're gonna do just get it to me i'll make sure i throw it right in the trash uh, <laughs> but, but um yeah i think that just about oh one more thing almost right more thing really cool if you watch the original theatrical trailer for this movie uh in the opening like the first like 10 seconds of the trailer, uh, the theme song for Nightmare on Elm Street is playing in the background. Oh, damn. It's fucking cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah. So, I think that's that's all I got to say about uh, the original Scream. Like I said, I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to hear my voice anymore. They're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> all good things must come to an end. That, that, exactly true. I'm very sad that this, uh, this is coming to an end, but, you know, I just... 
I don't know, man. I'm going to cry in a second. <laughs> I've looked forward to this so, so long, and now it's finally over. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Just <laughs> fucking love this movie. I love the franchise. Love Wes Craven. Wes, we miss you so much. Um, it's why I'm, I guess I'm so against a part five is that it just does not have Wes's fingerprints on it. I think that's why I'm so against it. And it just hurts me to think that someone else will take the reins. But I'm holding out hope. I really am holding out hope that this is going to be a good one. But, I mean, I don't know. As right, right now, it is slated to actually happen. So this is, this is you know, this is go time, people. We are not in a what if. This is actually going to happen. So what are your thoughts on a part five? Um, I'm impartial. I, just because I don't really hold this franchise as near and dear to my heart, like, as a lot of people do. Um, if it's bad, I don't think that ruins a franchise's legacy if, to have a bad entry. I mean, it sure doesn't fucking help, but for instance, the Nightmare <laughs> yeah. on Elm Street remake, like that thing sucks so bad, but I'm not, God. that doesn't ruin the other films for me, you know? So even if there is a bad film, I mean, shit, Texas Chainsaw Massacre has several bad, terrible movies, but like I can still enjoy the other ones as a whole. So even if it does come out and it's a stinker, I still have the other ones and I'll still appreciate it. Um, and, well, honestly, as long as it's a slasher movie, I'm sure I'll like it because I'm a slut for sl- uh, slasher movies, but... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm kind of excited for it. I mean, you know, give me all the slasher movies with the reinvention of the Halloween, the new trilogy they're doing, the new Scream movie, they're doing a new Saw movie, you know, it's just, this is an exciting time, you know, whether these movies are going to suck, at least there's still interest in making a lot of these franchise films to date, you know, it's crazy, these, a lot of these franchises are coming on 40 years now, you know, so it's just cool to see that there's still love in these franchises um again a lot of their uh entries suck and of course scream we couldn't even pick a shit pick so chances are scream (laughs) five might have to be our shit pick but i mean we'll just have to wait and see that that is so true dude yeah you make a really good point there so i'm gonna give it a chance like at first i was so against it but now i'm gonna give it a chance and let it just let it be what it's gonna be and you know try to enjoy it for what it is like I said, it's just without Wes, I just don't see how they're going to pull it off. But yeah, I've been surprised before. So, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. But and I just, I don't want them to bring the original cast back. Maybe, maybe Sydney and maybe even kill her off. I kind of like to see that maybe um, in some weird form or fashion. But like I said, I'll just have to, I'll reserve my thoughts for later on. And we'll, well of course, we're going to review it. So when we review it, I'll just let all, let it all hang out because it's just all going to come out. I may even cry. I may curse. I may threaten to go do some weird stuff and, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I guess it just is what it is. So It might be um, it might be the original. <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Like, it's like, just watch it come Kevin, out. And it's the best movie of all time. Like, could you imagine? Ke- Kevin. Yeah, I know. Kevin. I couldn't even say it with a serious face. Kevin. Kevin, shh. Just, just stop talking. <laughs> just, just stop talking. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't ever. I never want to hear that come out of your mouth ever again. Well, I'm going to say it say again, again. motherfucker. I, I will drive up to Ohio and I will whoop that ass. Just, oh, you just, ain't going to do shit, stop. bitch. Hey, all right, people, I may look for new codes pretty soon. <laughs> Once I uh, bury Kevin in his backyard, uh, you know, uh, trick or treat style. So me. just, oh, I know exactly where to find you, brother. So, you know, don't worry, <laughs> I can't find you. Anyway, moving along. Um, yeah, so. Okay, before we move on from that, let's okay. As we start doing the past few episodes, we're going to rank this franchise from one to five. One being the worst, five being the best. Um, I think I'm going to go first on this, just because I can't hold it any longer. Yeah, go 
this franchise to me literally is the perfect franchise. Um, and it was only four films. People will say, oh, because it's so short. You know, no, I just think that they did four films and the fact that, of course, Wes passed away, so they kind of stopped it. But it's just, it's perfect to me. Like, it's it's absolutely perfect. You can't get any better than this. So I'm going to give this franchise a 4.9 okay. out of 5. Okay. Uh, I, I, nothing is exactly perfect, but I, it's close to perfect as you can possibly get. So a 4.9 out of 5. Very good. I think that personally, I would give it a 4.2 out of 5. Perfect. I think that's great. Yes. Perfect. It's, of course, the highest ranked so far. So Yes, by um, far. <laughs> right, right, yeah. We've had some real shitty franchises in our, our Slasher series. So, uh, but it's, honestly, this has been a lot of fun. This is, like I said, this is what we're all about. So, you know. I'm kind of glad we did, you know, the first season, like we did it and we waited till the second season new slashers. It's just been a blast, dude. I've had so much fun doing these with you, especially. And, you know, it, just the fact of holding back and not saying, you know, which ones, you know, are our favorites or how we got to rank them. And of course we've done that the entire time, but this was even more fun just because it is such an important genre of movie to us. So. Oh yeah, man. This has been a blast. 20 episodes down in this season, 40 episodes total, plus a couple of reviews. It's been a good time. Obviously it's kind of bittersweet because slashers are definitely our bread and butter and we just kind of are all out of them. And so yeah, I mean, I, it's bittersweet. There yeah. are a few left, but yeah, there are a few left. We, you know, we just, we, we might throw those in later on, you know, on certain podcasts. So we'll see how the, the ones we missed can come back around and, uh, and kind of surprise you. So uh, almost like ghost face out of a closet. So, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so that wraps up the slasher series. Uh, that's 20 episodes. in. we, like I said, we have 40 total, um, go back and listen to our reviews too. Some of our reviews are pretty, actually pretty decent. Uh, we did a pretty good job on, on most of those. Um, but we are going to do some special stuff coming up. We have some stuff planned. So excited about that. Um, let's get into some, some shout outs here. Uh, shout out some, po- oh, let's first shout the, shout the Patreons out. Patrons, 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 patrons. <laughs> um, you guys are fucking amazing. Um, we're actually going to do something special for you guys. Uh, of course, you're going to find this out as you listen. We're actually going to share it on our Instagram page. We're actually going to release this early for the patrons. So if you're excited about that, I hope you enjoyed the podcast early because you're going to get it early. Um, but just the support you guys give us is just amazing. Let's just do what we do every week. Um, this does cost money to do. So we appreciate you keeping the uh, keeping the bills paid and uh, the podcast rolling. So, again, just amazing, guys. Just Top notch. We can't thank you anymore. And all the people that are buying our merch off our merch store at T Public, uh, from it's all podcast. It's a horror <laughs> podcast store. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys too. We're posting everyone on our page right now that's been buying our stuff. Just, just we can't thank you guys enough. Honestly, you want to say say thank you as well, Kevin? Go right yes, ahead. Yes, of course. All the support means the world. You know, anytime that we see anybody, you know, pick up a shirt or or all the new patrons, you know, it. it means more than I think either of us could ever say. You know, we mention all the time that we'd be doing this even if nobody was listening. But the fact that we have resonated a little bit and we're getting a little bit of a fan base, it's it, it's just really cool to, you know, talk to you guys and, and keep you guys updated and, you know, kind of bring you guys into the fold a little bit. And, you know, we like to give shout-outs to people that do some special stuff, you know. And for all of you that buy the shirts, I mean, it's still crazy that you guys want to buy shirts with our ugly mugs on it, so... Just once again, <laughs> massive thank you. I, I can never really express how much that means. So 
just seriously from the bottom of my heart thank you for everything thank you for all the support if you've ever just given us a shout out on social media or, or anything if you even just listen to an episode if you're just listening now and then you you hate it and you're never gonna come back again thank you for being here uh we appreciate you i i echo everything you just said and like i mean it's just it, the support is just overwhelming honestly it's just i can't even i never thought we'd be here honestly it's just it brings a tear to my eye and uh it chokes me up a little bit and you know makes me want to have my, my pill and pudding cup early so Aww. you know how sweet i know i know um all right, let's give some podcast shout outs here. And I think I'm going to do this differently for our next uh, series that comes up because I think I say the same thing about every single one I talk about. So I'm just going to give a list of, of the ones we support and just say all my stuff at the end. Um, Alone of the Dark podcast, uh, Dolls of Horror, a podcast on Elm Street, and uh, the uh, the Horror Basement. And I know you guys have a couple of incarnations of your podcast. So you can find those on your on your page as well. You guys always support us, and I just can't thank you guys enough for always being there for us. Um, it, it's just amazing to see some of you guys grow, see where you come from. Uh, of course, a lot of the dark podcast was was my inspiration in starting my own horror podcast. So, can't thank you guys enough. Honestly, uh, their fifty is coming up pretty soon, so check that out. Um, but again, you guys just are amazing people, and I can't wait to uh, can't wait to you know to collaborate with you guys. I think I'm actually going to collaborate with a couple of you coming up pretty soon. So. Um, I'm just excited. I'm really excited to get, uh, just get the intertwining of our podcasts together. So, um, I think it's time to plug ourselves up last time in the series. Um, you can find us on Instagram at it's a horror podcast. Uh, the same on Facebook, fuck Twitter, fuck Twitter bastards. Um, and my, my personal Instagram is old man Ghostface, and yours is. Slashing Captain. Hell yeah. Did you say you Ooh. did a... Uh... Go ahead. Yes, that's what I was going to mention. Uh, <laughs> all these films in the franchise, I wrote reviews for it. And I'll be posting them starting the Monday in which this is going to air. I believe it's April 6th. Um, mm-hmm. I'll start with Scream 1 on April 6th. And then I'll go through every film of the franchise and have them reviewed on my page. I've got some... I've got kill counts on there. I've got a bunch of fun facts. Of course, listening here just blows all that out of the water. All the information... <laughs> All the wonderful information we're feeding your ears right now won't compete with the, you know, a few fun facts on a review. But I've got that. I've got my review. Try to keep it funny. Uh, it's cringy, but you know, whatever. So oh, yeah, if, no. if you're looking for some uh, written down reviews of the Scream franchise, come check them out at Slash and Captain. Hell yeah! Please give him give all of his reviews a read. He does such a great job at that, guys. Seriously, it's it's amazing. So give him all the love he can possibly take. It's overflowing in his cup, and you know, makes him. Whatever, I can't. <laughs> yeah, you're like I, was, I have no idea where I'm I was going to take. I was going to take that really far, but I just I pulled back on the range a little bit. Like, just show him some love. There we go. Let's <laughs> um, I think that's I. I mean, the only thing I can think of is where we're taking this podcast next, dude, for this next series. So, tell us where we're going next, Kevin. So we're going to move on to the director series. Every single episode, we're going to break down an individual director. We're going to talk about their history a bit. We're going to talk about their films. We're going to rank all the films they've done. Um, some some lists won't be too crazy. Some lists will have a lot of films. Of course, there's a lot of terrible films, a lot of great films. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a really good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hell, yeah, man. I can't fucking wait. There's somebody in there that I want to talk about. And, of course, some of these films we talked about before will definitely pop back up on those uh, on those directors' lists. So, yeah, we'll be able to expound more on those, too. So, 
Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited to, to take this to the next step, next level. Um, we have so much planned for this podcast, especially. I can't even, like, we've talked about, you know, the different, you know, seasons we're going to go through and what we're going to talk about. And we have stuff planned out for a long time. So if you get sick of us, sorry, we're going to keep being around. So <laughs> you can yeah. get used to us. So, um, but yeah, like I said, this this series has been so much fun to do. I'm really sad to see it close out, but at the same point, it's been so much fun to do, especially this last one. I just this episode has been so much fun just to talk about and just get these facts out and get you guys excited about watching the series again if you haven't already watched it for the for the podcast. So, um, but with a tear in my eye and a, and a, a ghost face knife in my heart, I say for the last time in this series, my name is Wes. I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next season. See you. On a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand.